wonder what success actually means? How do you get it? And how do you keep it? We all want it, yet sometimes it feels only some of us get to have it. Hi, Teresa and Blair here. We are two badass entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, coaches, and business mentors who have had success, felt success, questioned our own success, and reclaimed it. Let's be real for a hot minute. 2020 has been a roller coaster ride, and many of us have started to wonder if they'll lose the things that made them successful. So we got curious, raw and real, about what success is truly about. Can you put it in a box? How can you get it? Can people take it away, or are you the one with the power? Does it mean the same to all of us, or are we the ones that create it? From PGA golf pros to doctors, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and spiritual mentors. We get together to meet with successful people from around the globe to dissect success through vibrant conversations and interviews. Make sure you click the subscribe button on the App Store because each week we will drop a new episode to bust through the myths around success and dissect its true meaning. Welcome back to another episode of Dissecting Success. It's me, Blair Kaplan Venables. I'm here with the one, the only, Teresa Lambert. I love it. She's currently sitting in a sun-filled room in Tulum, Mexico, and I'm sitting in a gloomy, about-to-snow town up in Canada called Kamloops. But we also have Cheryl Plouffe here. I love Cheryl. I met her years ago because I was a guest on her podcast, and we developed a really awesome friendship. So Cheryl runs a training company that advises six-figure coaches and consultants to scale their businesses by implementing scalable systems for marketing, sales, and fulfillment. She also creates and implements custom content plans for seven-figure business owners. I'm so excited to talk to you today because you speak my language. You speak Teresa's language. We are honored that you're taking the time to dissect success with us. So great to be here. I'm excited to dive into this because this is such an important topic. And I'm sitting in Southern Ontario, Canada, just as as you are in Canada as well, Blair. Um, I don't think we have snow outside yet, but I haven't actually looked out the curtains yet. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Still don't do it. I know that. As a Canadian, I know I know all too well. Don't look out the window. <laughs> it's funny, like yesterday, so it's January, and it and I'm used to minus forty. Like I'm from the prairies, and uh, I outside I was walking. It was like three degrees. There was no snow, and I was like, it feels like spring, and the birds were chirping. And then I woke up today. I'm like, nah, we're still winter. So, but let's I digress. Let's get get into it, Cheryl. What does success mean to you? Well, I mean, I I think if we think about words to describe it. I mean, I think it's really about freedom and choice and being able to break the the ceiling, right? Break the ceiling of of earning potential and revenue and and things of that nature. But I think at the end of the day, I think about my family and we have a son who is a hockey goalie and plays baseball at a high level. And I love going to his games. And it's the freedom of being able to do that. And yes, sometimes I am doing some work activities while I'm at the ball diamond. It's happened. I'm sitting in the bleachers and I'm watching them practice or I'm watching a game and I'm maybe doing an odd little thing here and there, but I'm sitting in the sun doing it. And and I and it, sometimes it hits me and I go, this is what I've built. I've built this so that I can do it this way. I can live my life this way. So I think it's really about freedom and choice. Brilliant. I love that. It is, it is such a beautiful answer. And, you know, we've been doing this for a couple of years and that's 
one of the most common things. It's about freedom, freedom yes. and choice. So that's I think it's also, if I had to add another word to it, I think it is impact. A lot of the people that I'm connected to or working with and have relationships with are people who are coaches or consultants, business owners who are building something online, but it's built on their intellectual property. It's built on their knowledge and expertise. And for the majority of people who go into these types of businesses and create these types of businesses is because they want to be at a place where they're having impact on somebody else's life. That That's an important part. Yes, revenue, and we need to build a business, et cetera, but they do want to have an impact on other people's lives and leave some type of lasting legacy through others. Yeah, I feel like that's such a beautiful piece to add around the impact because it also gives us so much fulfillment as a as a coach myself and a consultant myself and somebody who who really supports people in in business and you get to see what they can do with that. Impact is always something that comes back in, but it kind of enriches our life when we can make an impact. And I love how you put it, when we're able to make an impact from wherever we are. I mean, you know, Blair just said I'm in Tulum, but you were talking about maybe doing some work from your, you know, from your son's hockey game every now and then if it happens. And this moment of being like, wow, I can do that. And I keep having these moments being at the beach or lying next to my pool or, or you know, like just being somewhere in the world and being like, wow, like this is actually my life's work and I get to do it from anywhere I have I I can and I have the flexibility and freedom to do that and how beautiful is that to that we get to build businesses like that that we get to to people build businesses that's right and that we get to design it that way I think that's the ultimate goal is what life do you want to design? And I think it is that conversation we get into the business side of it is to say, am I developing a lifestyle business or do I want to build a business with the intention of selling it in the future? Right. I think if you make those decisions early, that will help to dictate the path that you go down. So I think I'm at a stage in my life being now in my fifties that I want a lifestyle business probably for the next, you know, decade to 15 ish years. That's what I want. I love to work. I love to do this type of thing. So I don't have any, let's say short-term aspirations to sell my business. I really want this to be a lifestyle business, but maybe in the future, I'll change my mind and, and decide that I want to sell it or do something else that's different. But a lot of people who get into coaching consulting are doing it because they want a specific type of lifestyle. I love that. You know, it's interesting that you're you're saying that. So when I was 23, many years ago in 2008, I moved to Vancouver. It was the beginning of the recession. I wanted to do PR and I was folding stretchy pants and I just was over it because three and a half years with Lululemon, I wanted to be in corporate at the head office, but what did I know? I was fresh out of university. Um, so I started my own PR company. And what I realized when I started the company, like I had criteria, it was, I want to be able to work for my laptop and be anywhere in the world because my priorities are traveling. Like traveling is my most favorite thing to do. And I'm not, I wasn't from Vancouver. I have family in Winnipeg. So I wanted to not be like constrained to my desk. And 
the words, like the term remote work wasn't thrown around as much as it is now, but I, I guess I created a remote work position. And it's interesting because that was my first thing. It wasn't, oh, I want to make X amount of money or I want to do like it for me, it was about creating this position with freedom. And to this day, 15 years later, like that's a huge thing for me. Now I have a, a desktop and a laptop. Um, but I love that, you know, Teresa could sit by the pool and work. I can sit by the pool. I can go camping with technology. Our camp spot where we go every summer, it's off the grid, but we have a satellite. So I can actually tap into work if I want to, um, if I choose to, and that we get to be in control. If we want to work a big, you know, if we want to work over the winter months and put in those extra hours so we can have that time off in the summer, we can. We yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's brilliant. And you have to have a certain level of self-awareness about the things that you love and enjoy in order to start designing that. So you Blair love to travel, obviously, Teresa, you love to travel as well since you're in Mexico right now. And I, I like to travel, but I do have a tendency to like being at home. Like I, I like to go on trips occasionally, but I'm not a person who wants to be sort of a, a nomadic, you know, type of life. I, I, I do like being at home. So I've designed it in such a way where I have the freedom to be able to take trips if I want to, and, you know, for work or for pleasure, but I do like to be home a lot and I enjoy it. So it's really about design. And I think it's this piece around stages of business as well. There's going to be a season where as you're especially starting and growing up to that, let's say the milestone of six figures, which tends to be the first milestone, only 10% of women business owners reach that, which is an alarmingly low number and only 2% ever reach seven figures. So getting up to that six figure mark is a milestone that we need to get women to quickly. <laughs> and But knowing the design of the business will help to dictate what we do. And I think a lot of the time it's that development of a product or service that is probably more one-to-one, maybe it's more customized. One of the biggest mistakes that I see women making, specifically women making, is that they are packaging up all of their knowledge and expertise and know-how into a $27 thing. And and they're and and it's we I want to be able to share with women that what you want to do to get to that six figures as quickly as possible is you start with the high ticket. You start with a higher ticket piece and and work with fewer people, but still have that revenue so that you can then start reinvesting in the business and write a check for speed at some points along the journey so that you can get there faster. And this is, I don't know if in your experience, Teresa or Blair, if you see this, but for me, I do see this quite a bit where people are thinking they're, it's a race to the bottom where they're trying to package everything up. And then they figure if the lowest price point that I can possibly do this at means that I'll have a million people who buy this thing and then I'll be well off. And it's the opposite effect. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I'm really focusing on working with entrepreneurs that are like, multiple five figures and they're ready to break through into the six figures and then multiple six figures so I feel like it's interesting because we do a very similar thing helping entrepreneurs scale but at slightly different stages of of their business and a hundred percent I think a lot of the times two people um one I mean you can make a lot of money with high ticket and evergreen courses and all of that stuff but I have always found and I like to to say this a lot is like 
I don't actually think that it's harder to sell a high ticket offer than it is to sell a low ticket offer. It's actually the same effort. It's just the outcome is entirely different. So you can send a you can sell a ten thousand dollar one ten thousand dollar program, or you can sell sell one twenty seven dollar program, and it might feel like the exact same amount of effort. But obviously, the impact. And what you get out, like the result of it is tremendously different. And, and I agree, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, I have found there, there is this belief that if it's cheap, people will just buy it. And, and the reality is, it doesn't matter what price you put on it, you still have to be clear on who it's for, the problem it solves, and why people should buy it, and what makes you an expert, right? Like you still have to position yourself and market yourself and and create the perceived value of your product regardless whether you charge actually zero or a hundred thousand dollars for it like it's still the same concept so but people somehow feel if it's cheap people just buy and that's such a myth it doesn't happen that way no and you're right you're right you're you're so right there's just as much effort going into creating your $27 thing as there is into creating a high ticket thing and i would even argue i don't even know if it's the perception of the value it is the actual value so if you create your high ticket thing and i i really recommend that every coach consultant who wants to scale have something priced between five and $10,000. A scalable offer between five and 10 will really help to position you to have more cash flow and to be able to grow with that. I think you should also have a suite of customized things that you can do at even higher price points than that. You know, your, your 25,000, 50 or $75,000 things, but those are not necessarily always scalable because there's finite, you know, uh, effort that you can put into it and, and there, you have a capacity issue there because typically people will be buying into you. But the scalable thing, the five to $10,000 offer is it takes the same amount of effort to create that and figure out what is the value of this thing as it is a $27 or a $97 thing. So here's the problem I think that we're also running into is that everything's been done. Everybody knows the funnel, right? It's like we we all need to have a sales process. That's a different thing. Everyone needs to know their customer journey. There needs to be a sales process. I don't think it needs to be a complicated sales process when you have a high ticket offer. It's literally, let's get on a call. Let's discuss it. Let's have a discussion and see if it's a fit. But the $27 thing and the funnels have been done, like everybody knows when they're in a funnel now. And so that's a a bit of a, a problem because no one wants to be in a funnel. <laughs> no right. one wants to be sold, but people want to buy. Are we always in a funnel? We're always in a funnel. That's We're just always like in a funnel, but no one really wants to be. Nobody, nobody really wants to be feeling like they're in a funnel because it's a very impersonal type of approach. Uh, so I think that you have to be dialed into the sales process, but especially for people with high ticket products and services, you don't need to have necessarily the most complex technological funnel in the world in order to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. I love this um, so much. I, it's so interesting because obviously, Cheryl, you and I have not known each other getting on this call. And I really feel a lot of alignment in, in what, you are, what you're sharing. And 
I think that client experience, the client experience that you create through all stages of their journey with you and your business through your funnel, if you want to use like expert language is so, so critical. And that's something that I've always taken from my experience in hotels and scaling a hotel is that ultimately it comes down to the experience that you create and people don't want to feel like that they're being, you know, rotated through different departments. And, and it's the same way you don't want your people to feel like they're being rotated to different steps. You want to create something that's seamless. So from the point you you have the first contact in a hotel, it would be when you make the reservation to arriving at the front door, to being greeted, to coming to the front desk, to checking in, to getting your keys, to going in the suite, to eating at the restaurant or going to the spa and having this experience. Everything has to feel seamless so that ultimately people feel seen and heard and taken care of and, and they feel like, hey, I really belong here and I want to be here and this is fun and this is light and this is easy. And so I think that the complexity that we put into business really sometimes kills the experience because we overthink how elaborate it has to be when we could really create a simple, seamless experience and a journey that's they don't even know that they're on a journey with us. But they end up on that call and they're like, wow, like I'm so excited, right? Like you want to get that person. Once you start working with them, you want them to be excited, not worried or doubtful or exhausted from your crazy funnel onboarding process <laughs> or overwhelmed. Like it's like so true. Yeah. I think about the the hospitality industry, which you obviously have a lot of experience in. And I actually used to work in some, you know, fancy hotels as well. So I, I know about the Banff Springs Hotel, for example, I worked at and Royal York Hotel in Toronto. And it's exactly that. It's really about the touch points and all of those different touch points that you have with a brand make a difference. It really does make a difference. But I think that when it comes to your scaling process of getting from six to seven figures, you don't want to make things more complicated. You actually want to simplify. And I think that at this point in time, as we are in web two transitioning to web three, that it's more going to be predicated on relationships, access, who do you have access to, who's in your network, who can you call up and rely on to be a promoter, who can you uh, collaborate with or strategically partner with. I think those will be the things that will be more important going forward, community in the web three world, as opposed to what we've been coming out of is this idea that we have to have, you know, a million likes on our Facebook page and, you know, a million people following us on Instagram and things like that. It's really more about moving away from impersonal and moving toward high touch and personal, in my opinion. Amazing. I, you know, I was just with uh, a bunch of amazing entrepreneurs in Mexico. It was a meeting of the minds and there was a big focus there on talking about digital and social and that we're, we're kind of shifting back or forward to where we were before, which is organic, organic content. And it's about creating community. And with my background being in public relations, something I've always said and it's something I teach is that social media is a PR tool. It's a place to build community and establish relationships. It's not a sales tool. And I, in fact, I just made a social media post about it and I'm probably going to talk about that more, but people want to feel connection. They don't want to feel like they're being sold to. They want to feel like 
you know, when you, the thought leader are posting that they're posting for you, you want, they want to feel like they're your friend. Like there are celebrities out there and thought leaders that I feel like I know them like as if they're my best friend and I buy from them because of that connection. And sometimes they respond to my comments and I feel like, wow, they know who I am. And like, how do we build that? And that's really a huge part of the funnel is like, how do we nurture those relationships? Right. And eventually those relationships, like with Teresa and I, this podcast started off as a project. Like we were just having these brilliant conversations about success. I said, we should start a podcast. We started a podcast and then people started listening. Thank God. Thank God for all of you out there. And um, then they started reaching out. They're like, how can I work with you guys? Like, how do we work together? And so Teresa and I created a business accelerator that's really intimate. We just launched our third cohort and it's a high touch point. So for us, people say that they feel like they're just sitting around with us. They know lots about us and our lives because we that's how we show up. And that drew people into a high ticket offer. So yeah. it doesn't have to be so complicated with the lead magnet and the this and the that. And what you're saying also, like, I think I want to, I think what could be really beneficial, you know, to because we're kind of coming towards the end of this is, uh, for those businesses scaling, I think some of the mistakes that I've seen and that my, some of my mentors have shared with me is that the people have too many offers. Oh, yes. And not just that, but we're like the pe- people are scared to get on the phone and have a call or send that voice note. And every time I do, every time I do, I make money, not every call, but every time I put that effort in. And like, I do a free workshop almost every month. And part of that is I give away a discovery call. And on that call, I see what support they need. And if I can help them, I give them a cup of offer and then I either sell up or down. Getting on the phone is time consuming, but it is crucial because people do business with people they like, know, and trust. And if you're selling a high ticket offer and they've never heard of you before, you know, and they're not already in your world, not likely that they're going to just show up and spend the money. You got to, you know, build that relationship. So, you know, what mistakes do you see people making when they're scaling? Can I give a real life example? We would love that. (laughs) I, an hour ago, was on a 90 minute consultation call that someone paid me for. And this is a person that is in the B2B space, helps business owners with $20 million of revenue and above, they have teams of people. I can't remember right now all the specifics of who his avatar is, but I think we get the the idea that this is kind of a high level CEO type, C-suite type person that he's trying to reach. And we, he paid me to have this consultation because he is doing all the things in his words. He says, I'm, I'm doing all the things I'm spending all the money. I'm, I'm trying to get all the funnels and I'm, I, and I had to let go of my team last year because my revenue is not there. And I have to cut expenses because I'm doing all the things. And what are those things that he's doing? He's going down every rabbit hole of every SaaS product he sees on Facebook. He is building every funnel that he's told that he needs to build, right? He's, He's investing in all this technology and all the complexity of all these different things that he's doing. And he does have a podcast. He's not leveraging the podcast properly. So that was a big part of the conversation that we had. So what I had him do was, and through the process of asking questions, come to learn that he's just not talking to enough people. He has 
all the complex funnels going and everything, but he's, I said to him, of, of all these people on this, on this specific list, how many have you talked to? And he's like, none. I sent an email to them, but no one responded. And I'm like, what we need to do right now is we need to talk to people. So here's the script. You're going to go in and you're going to message these people. And you're, you know what I mean? This is, we're taking action. We're actually going to do it right now. Because I could sit there and say to him, here's what you should do. But I needed to make sure that he was actually going to do it. And this is really what it's all about is simplifying. And just instead of getting caught up in all the complexity of everything, it's simplifying what you're doing and talk to people. Good things are going to happen. Business will develop. You both just gave a ex great example of how you collaborated to create this amazing podcast. So where did that come from? It probably stemmed from a conversation and you got to know each other better. And then you decided, hey, we should do something together. Good things come from talking to people. And I think that in a, in a place and in a space where we've been taught to automate everything, hey, you should be, it should be passive income. You should automate everything. And you're going to be able to sit on the beach and every money's just rolling in you know, get a million followers on Instagram and you're good. No, it's really not about that. I think it's really going to be about simplifying and talking to people and getting back to that human connection. I actually had someone on my podcast talking about that, that human communication. And that's what I like to do It's the more high touch you can be, the more you can care. Let's just get on calls with people and, and give, what can you do to help someone else achieve their goals? And that's, I think, the foundation of it. But that's a real life example. Literally an hour ago, I felt badly for him because he's been caught up in all of this, you know, down these, these rabbit holes of doing this and this and that. And those are not business building activities. So he needs to focus on business building activities and talk to people. I love that you're sharing this, Cheryl, and I feel like this golden object, shiny golden object syndrome is real. And, and there's a lot of smoke and mirrors out there and like I mean there's a lot of like there's a lot out there and everyone has this idea that like you can go from zero to a hundred thousand dollar months in like two days and like it's <laughs> easy you just take those three steps and then you're good and and um there's so much that is left away and overcomplicated and and it's all the stage of business that you're at and everything gets to work if implemented at the right time in the right stage of your business and with the right base and foundation in place, right? So yeah, you can have amazing evergreen sales funnels that make you millions of dollars online, sure. But we can't forget everything that happens before that, that stage or everything that needs to happen um, to do that. So I really love that you're bringing that up and that you're bringing it back to simple, hey, build relationships, talk to people, have conversations and be open to see what comes out of it. And, and I literally like just shared like my post of yesterday, I wrote about it because there's so much talk around. You don't need to know how, and clients just drop out of nowhere. And like, I like uh, shared about, I was like, let's talk about me welcoming free high ticket clients in 24 hours. And I broke down where they came from, how they came into my world, how we developed a relationship. Um, and, and, some of them was months of building relationships. One Blair had started building a relationship with in the summer, the other person I've known since 2020. So like the, the thing is like, it, it takes time. And I was like, let, let me 
break this down for you. Like they did not just drop out of nowhere, but yes, I did have a message that said I'm in. And that felt amazing, of course, and magical, and that's great. But where did it come from? And, and I broke it down very simply. And, and so I love that because I think people forget that or, or the cool kids, you know, there's the cool, I, I use this term now, there's a cool kid conversation that says you don't need to have calls, you can just show up on social media five minutes a day, and you don't need a strategy and you don't need all that and everything just magically happens and, and it's created a very strange approach for people where people literally are like, don't want to build relationships don't want to talk to people don't want to like go the extra mile and and the thing is I always say do you want a business or do you not want a business like what what do you ultimately want and I've been there I've I've drank the Kool-Aid I like to say I was definitely stuck in that idea for a while and and I feel it back and and now I'm like huh okay I'm like really set up for my year this year to to do what I want to achieve and that feels amazing so thank you for sharing that and I would love to know one where can people find out more about you as we're sort of wrapping this up I want to like where can we find you where can we get more info I I really am loving LinkedIn lately so sending me a message on LinkedIn is a great place as someone who has a French Canadian name like Pluff <laughs> it turned out that years ago it was easy to find Cheryl Pluff on all social platforms. So you can send me a message anywhere, but I, I love to connect with people on LinkedIn. It's just been a really fun place. Obviously there is something to be said in the, the, the conversation here that we've been talking about simplicity, right? So I want to also walk the talk and it really is about having a, a, initially a 15 minute conversation with someone on our team. We talk about scalable systems and then we can analyze, and this is an important point, you have to know, and maybe you don't know, but and that's the point of the 15-minute call, is to figure out what stage are you at? Like, are you ready right now for scalable systems? You might not be. And we're happy to send other resources to you or send you in the right direction or make an introduction or whatever thing will help move the needle for you. But you have to understand, like, are you ready for that or not? And there may be some fundamental things that you're doing to Blair's point earlier, you might have 10 offers right now. <laughs> so maybe it warrants a conversation around simplifying that first before we start moving into that next step of how do you scale from six to seven figures? But I think it is really just as simple as getting on a call and just figuring out where are you at? What stage, what season are you in? And then making a plan for what's the next step beyond that to grow. I love that. So connecting with you on your LinkedIn, and that's such a good point. And I have, uh, I did scale back on all of my offers in order to be able to scale to multiple six and then seven figures. And, and now I'm well on my way. And, and it's so funny that you say that because all I've done in 2022 was dismantling and simplifying everything. Me too, yeah. To the I did that the same thing. I, like, I did no, the same uh, thing. I was yeah. like, you know what? I just really need to simplify that that is what I'm seeing happening in the world right now is that we need to and I think COVID was a big part of of that realization it was an aha moment of saying wait a minute because I was stuck in that pattern too I was throwing all kinds of spaghetti at the walls and trying to figure it all out and had all these different things the more you dilute yourself the more you really can't give your best to one particular avenue and so I did the same thing and you know um yeah, just it, it's just the way that it needs to be. And, you know, proud to say that in uh, this one particular, you know, thing that I did that 
we're able to, to get to six figures in one calendar year. And to your point, it doesn't happen in two days, but it can happen in six months. It can happen in a year. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. And it's so powerful. And also the pivoting. I build my business with multiple offers to six figures in like within two years and actually within a year once I shifted in 2021. And it was an amazing experience. But going into 2022, I, I was hitting the ground running and I couldn't sustain it. So the problem with all my offers was not that they are bad offers or it wasn't working for me, but that the pace I had to move with and the things I was doing relied on my on my human woman power and capacity and, yeah and my capacity and uh, ended up getting divorced and a couple of other things happened and I was at capacity and I I couldn't do it anymore and I realized that in order to be able to actually grow beyond and scale beyond that I need to simplify I gotta focus I gotta hire people on my team and streamline and that was really interesting, you know, but 100% you can do it. And I love that this is what you do and and helping people like it's just a game keeps changing at each of the stage of business that you're in. And sometimes even the things that were working, you have to dismantle to start again, to be able to go to the next level, which can be difficult for people to wrap their minds around too, which is why I believe coaching and mentorship is so important. So if you're listening to this, make sure you you get in touch with Cheryl. Um, so Cheryl, last question for you. What's one piece of advice that you would give somebody that is on their way to, to scaling to multi six or seven figures right now? That's like, I am already making $400,000. I am ready to hit that million dollars in 2023. Where do I start? <laughs> I think it's really looking at the what we would call our three buckets, which is the fulfillment, marketing, and sales, and understanding what you're doing in each of those buckets. I happen to like and recommend and teach and train people to use a profitable podcast in the marketing bucket, because I feel that especially when you have your fulfillment or your offer dialed in at a high ticket level, maybe more like the five to 10 plus thousand dollar range, which everyone should have, is that you're not going to sell that through an automated funnel on Facebook, right? You, it will warrant getting on a conversation to see if it's a fit, not only for the client, but for you as the, as the mentor, you want to make sure that you want to work with that person too. It warrants a conversation. It has to happen. We have to find out if it's a fit. So in, in that scenario, having podcasting as the marketing mechanism makes a lot of sense because you're already connecting with them and have touch points pre-call during the podcast. We also teach um, what we call the power partner talk, which is what happens after. So that could be to either develop clientele um, referrals or speaking engagements. And that's the focus. Get client speaking engagements or referrals and your business will grow. So then you have to have your sales dialed in as well. But those are the three buckets that we work in. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And that's so powerful. I certainly feel a lot of alignment. I feel like absolutely like listen to what Cheryl says. <laughs> like pay attention. You. Thank Cheryl you so much that. for sharing what you're sharing. And, and I know there's such a depth behind what you just shared. There is so much more knowledge where there is. And, and so I would highly recommend everyone getting in touch with Cheryl on LinkedIn. Um, again, we'll make sure that it's in the show notes. Cheryl, thank you. So Thank much. you for having me. This has been a really fun conversation. I love it. Yeah, I feel like. Well, you just didn't do what we we always ended the same way. I know. I was just about to get there. Well, 
that this is a wrap for You're like episode waiting. of Dissecting Success. Peace, everyone, and we will see you again next week. <laughs> That's a wrap for another episode of Dissecting Success. Enjoyed this episode? Make sure to subscribe to Blair Kaplan Venables and Teresa Lambert's podcast, Dissecting Success on the App Store. And follow us on Instagram at Teresa Lambert Coaching and Blair from Blairland to stay up to date on our latest episodes, badass offers, and more. 